Step into this captivating episode of Talk It Out as we introduce an exceptional guest who uncovers the secrets to conquering burnout and revitalizing your dental career. But before we begin, we're excited to introduce you to Refresh, a transformative monthly training program designed specifically for dental professionals facing team conflicts, communication barriers, and burnout. This program is your key to unlocking a purpose-driven, fulfilling life both in and out of the dental office. Refresh offers practical tools and strategies to overcome stress and barriers, helping you tap into your energy and activate your true potential. Our monthly sessions are tailored to guide you in embracing your journey and excelling in all aspects of your life. Yeah, and there's more. Join our weekly open coaching sessions for deeper insights, peer connections, and expert advice. As life coaches with rich dental backgrounds, we're here to help you discover and confidently use your unique talents every day. And finally, you will gain unlimited access to our extensive library of recorded modules from Refresh and guest industry experts. This treasure trove of resources is at your fingertips to help you transition from a stagnant state to a flourishing life full of purpose and joy. Yeah. So Refresh is your catalyst for a transformative journey professionally and personally. So now join us in this emotionally moving episode of the Mint Door Talk It Out podcast, where we delve into the extraordinary life of Sarah Woods. Now, Sarah has over 20 years in the dental community and the experiences of being a single mother to three teenagers. Sarah's story is one of resilience and courage. In December of 2021, Sarah's world was shaken by two life-altering events, the tragic loss of her brother to suicide and her battle with stage four breast cancer. Despite these immense challenges, she has emerged as a true thriver. Yeah. In this episode, Sarah shares how she tapped into her inner strength, supported by the compassionate dental community, to navigate through grief and become an advocate for her own health and well-being. Sarah's journey is more than just a story. It's a call to action for anyone facing hardships. Her message is clear. Find your strength within and be your own advocate. So whether you're a dental professional dealing with burnout or looking for hope amidst life's challenges, this episode is for you. Let Sarah's story inspire you to overcome obstacles and advocate for your own well-being. So tune in now, be inspired, and remember, you're not alone on your journey. The Mint Door community is here to support and uplift you. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Mint Door podcast. And like we said in our introduction, we have Sarah Woods with us today. Sarah, thank you so much for being here and spending some time with us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited too. So I'm going to jump right into a question that I'm really curious about because you went through... Uh, something pretty big in 2021, facing the suicide of a loved one and a personal health crisis at the same time. And I imagine that that was incredibly challenging. So I'd love to know how you faced those obstacles and what did you do to continue to be strong and have grace through those? Um, well, I think, uh, so just to give everybody um, an understanding of exactly what happened. So in December 16th of 2021, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, after finding a lump, I went in um, and they, um, you know, did the diagnostic testing and then I had a biopsy pretty quickly after and then I was diagnosed. Um, at the time, they said that it was small and we caught it early and um, I didn't really feel 
scared at that moment, but it was definitely something that was starting to kind of build in me the fear of the future. Um, two weeks after that, though, um, my brother, who is or was a sergeant in the army, um, he lived in Fairbanks, Alaska, committed suicide. Not sure how. I still don't really want to know. I haven't asked and I don't really want to know. But um, he had been struggling for our entire lives with mental illness. He had anxiety, had depression. He would get very worked up very easily, even when we were children. And and I had seen him about six months prior to that. I went to Alaska and had a great time up there and got to spend some time with him. And he was just very withdrawn and, and struggling. So because he was in the army, they he was open about his struggles. He was seeing somebody. He was on medication. He was doing all the right things, but they basically it wasn't enough and and that he did it. And so that was devastating, I will say. That was much harder for me to deal with than the than the cancer. But after all this time has now passed, I've realized that his death was really the fuel that I needed to go through what I was going to go through with my breast cancer journey. And I felt that, you know, at the time or when anything bad happens to you, you, people are like, Oh, well, you know, you're so strong or I can't believe you went through this. I always feel like in, in anything that's ever happened to me is that I don't have a choice. Like I just get up the next day. And I know from my experiences throughout my life that it always gets better, no matter how hard it is, no matter how terrible it is. After time goes on, it it eases and it's it's a little bit better. And so that's also been what's been kind of helping me through all of this is just knowing that it always gets better. But yeah, I think losing my brother gave me this fire. So going back after I was diagnosed in February of 2022, I had a double mastectomy and then went right into chemo a month later. After chemo, I had another surgery because they didn't get all the cancer the first surgery. So I had a second surgery to get the rest of the breast tissue out, which turned out to be kind of like another double mastectomy because they had got had to get so much out. So I had that surgery, then I had a radiation, and then I've been on medication ever since. And that was radiation ended actually November of 2022, actually the day, I think you guys were both there, the first day of the do retreat mm-hmm. was my last day of radiation, which was really, really special. But, but yeah, I think just, so my brother's passing, the hardest part of it all though was, and was having to deal with both things at the same time. And, and I realized you really can't, I compartmentalize very much both of those things. So I had the grief of my brother and then I had breast cancer. And so I had to really compartmentalize. So I almost had to put the, put the grief on the shelf when I had to go to a doctor's appointment, like, or something hard, I had to kind of put them both separately. It was also really difficult for me to, to deal with my family members who were struggling because I didn't have the the, my own emotional like strength to be able to, to help them. So like my poor mother who had to deal with my diagnosis and then her son's death. And we were the only two children at the same time, you know, I was, I really did struggle with helping her through that, but I I did my best, but, but really just knowing that and through all of it and my brother's death is honestly like life is beautiful, even the hard things. And and I really feel that 
his death, like I said, gave me strength, but also made me feel that I didn't want to give up on the life that he wasn't able to have. So I really want to have the life that he couldn't have because of his mental illness and then ended up not having because of his death. So that's my feel now. I would just like to pause for a moment and say, wow. I mean, really? Wow. That is, that is quite, quite a story and quite a demonstration of, of hope and resilience. Mm -hmm. And, and I'd just like to thank you for bringing that to the world. Thank you. I, uh, like I said, I don't know, I don't know if it's something in me that makes me feel like there's no choice, but but that's what it is. It's just the way that I'm moving on. I mean, I can't, can't hide into a blanket, not to say that that doesn't happen. And I think that's important for us to recognize is that it's okay to not be positive all the time. Mm. Like it's okay for me to be crying in a heap, you know, and, or not wanting to get out of bed one day, but as long as you don't live in that space, I think that's what's the most important thing. That's a really good point. So you did have some dark days, I would assume. For sure. For sure. I mean, I didn't get out of, I w- I don't think I stopped crying for four days after my brother died. As a matter of fact, the day that, and this is, this is a, this was a hard part for me, but I was actually, when I found out I was at a bar meeting a woman who was a breast cancer survivor because one of our friends had connected us and it was right down the, the road from me and her and I, and I never met her before in my life. And my mother called me to tell me, that he had died. And I was just literally incoherently hysterical in the middle of this bar. (laughs) And all I remember was just random people. Like I, they, they had to carry me outside because I was just bawling so much. And then there was like some random woman trying to hand me like value. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm okay. But it was just like, it was just such a crazy experience, but uh, but yeah, it was just, but I, I mean, that was obviously not my best. I don't know what else I could have done, but I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty hysterical for a few days and then, and grief as people who have gr- dealt with grief, know it hits you out of the blue. So I would just be driving and just start crying. And, and that's, that's grief. That's the process we have to kind of go through. So yeah, definitely some dark days. Mm-hmm. It's the, the theme for you that I hear is it's this resilience that you have, that the resilience is always there. And you can have days that are more difficult than others and days that are not so difficult. And you can, you know, you bounce between all of those when you're going through all of these different, you know, traumatic things at one point. And I was just thinking about in relation to that resilience, how has that shaped your journey of evolution now facing all these challenges? Well, I think that it started for me when I was young. I mean, I had a lot of trauma as a child, experienced domestic violence. I'm a poor poverty survivor. So, you know, and and some people say they were poor, like I didn't have the shoes I wanted. I was so poor that we didn't have running water and bathroom in our house at one point. So I would have to go to the bathroom outside when I was 10. So we were very, very, very poor. And I, and I experienced domestic violence. My mom was beat up by my stepfather and I had to protect her. That was when I was, I think I was 12 or 13 when that happened. So I experienced all these really challenging things as a kid. And 
I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's going to sound really sad, but it's really true, is that it's not ever, my life has not ever been easy, right? Like it's, I've always had, not always, but most of my life have had challenges. And, and I think that those all kind of set me up to be where I am now and helped me in a sad, very, very sad and strange way, but it helped prepare me to mm-hmm. handle these two things happening at the same time, because I think some people who have not experienced challenges like that may not have been equipped enough to handle it. And they would have probably taken it a lot harder than I did or experienced it a lot, you know, harder time than I did. But, you know, even when I was a kid, I was really great at self-reflection and I had a little bit of self-awareness and I was like, really, you know, I was journaling when I was a teenager, I was into art you know, I read Khalil Gibran and I read, I was into Taoism and like all these like weird things as a teenager, because either I was trying to be super obscure and, you know, punk rock and like, but it all helped me. And I know I was thinking about like, who taught me to do those things. And I think it was, it was like school. I mean, I was in creative writing classes and all of that when I was a kid and, and all of those things kind of helped me deal with all the outside situations I was in. So, you know, and and my evolution through life has always been self-reflection. We moved around a lot when I was a kid too. And I always wanted to kind of, I always assessed myself and reinvented myself every time I went to a new school, because there would be, I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, my new school, I'm not going to I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to act like this, or maybe I won't wear this. And so I was always going through that. So I always had to be pretty self-aware of who I was, even from a young age. And I think that all of those things just kind of got more and more as I got older and lots of self-help books, lots of therapy, all those things are good. <laughs> you see, I liked how you said that, and you call them weird things that you learned like over the course of time. You can take the normal 15-year-old things. Yeah, yeah. Inter- I, would, I would say interesting. You, you learn yes. some interesting things. What do you use now? What are your interesting things today? If we were to say, Sarah, share your interesting thing today. What is it? <laughs> I eat a lot of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I still journal. I, for actually the whole year after I was diagnosed, I actually bought a pink journal and journaled every day. I haven't journaled as much in the past year as I did last year, but I basically journaled pretty much every day then. And for me, journaling has always been a part of my life. Unfortunately, and I really regret this now is that I never, I didn't really save my journals from when I was a kid. I don't even know what happened to them. Cause like I said, we moved around a lot, but I, I still have journals from when I was, you know, 19 years old that I look back on and read the, the trauma and the drama and all the stuff that was going on to me then. And what I thought was important when I was 20, which was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but journaling for sure. Anytime I feel upset or really angry, I journal. Therapy has been a big part. I don't go to therapy as much now as I used to, but I kind of already had built that foundation before all these things happened. So, mm-hmm. so now I go into the therapist and they're just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, no, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I need you to like, listen. And then, you know, I like to now, now that cancer is a part of my life. I really like to find things that give me pleasure. And food has become my new thing that I find pleasurable. It used to be 
fuel. I only thought about food as fuel. Now I enjoy, you know, making dinners and making food and really enjoying that. So, and spending time with my family and my friends and not saying no to things that are fun. So those are all, I guess, my weird things. I mean, I'm still in the self-help books. I still like my reading, my fiction. So those aren't, I guess they're not weird when you're 45. They're just weird when you're 15. (laughs) So you're ahead of your time. I know I'm an old soul. <laughs> I, I don't think it's weird. I'd say congratulations. I know I figured it out before everybody else, I guess. Yeah. I just made money on it. There you go. I mean, I think that I really love your perspective on how all of these experiences and your almost, if you would, preemptive work with therapy set you up to be prepared for this crazy time. And I'm curious if you were to want to impart wisdom on other people that are facing challenges, even different challenges than you're facing, what, what would you tell them? What would, what advice would you give them? How would you, you know, help them, you know, see to navigate through things? I mean, I think that, and I experienced this a lot with my brother because so I have this perspective, but my brother was the opposite of me. So he would stay stuck in emotions. He gave emotions a lot of strength. You know, I I take them as they come and I, you know, don't hold on to them very long. He would really, really hold in, hold on to them. So I think I gave him the advice I would give, mo- you know, anybody else is that just don't sit in the emotion too long. I mean, recognize it for what it is. It's okay to be sad. Definitely don't mask your sadness because that's part of the human experience. It's okay to be angry and jealous. All those emotions are normal. It's just not living in those emotions, not giving it a lot of strength. So that's the one thing I would definitely recommend even when you're going through hard things is just don't sit in it too long because it will it will you know destroy you it will will hurt hurt you the other thing is that life even if it's hard gets better and you know even when i was going through chemo for instance chemo was not gr- fun right so that's just that's known but i knew that on you know and, and it, but it was really regular like i knew that if i when i had chemo on thursday i would feel better on monday and so when i would feeling like crap during the weekend, I knew Monday I would feel better. And so I think it's the same thing through life. You just know that the next day will get better and it will get easier and, and, and you'll get stronger and, and it just won't last forever. So that's another thing. Also two other really important things. One is surrounding yourself with people who are supportive and loving and get rid of anybody who's toxic or brings drama, even if it's family, if they don't contribute to your, your wellness and your happiness and your love, then they're, they should be either taken out, you know, removed from your life, or you should keep them at a distance. So boundaries are important when it comes to toxic, especially family members. And the fourth one is that, you know, to be careful of what you ingest or including your life. So, so anything that like social media, make sure that social media that you follow or you pay attention to is bringing you joy and happiness and love and not bringing you down. Same thing with music, 
you know, listen to music that makes you feel good, not necessarily music that doesn't. So that's the other part of that I've learned and been doing this past year is really only, you know, experiencing things that bring me joy and happiness and love. So unfortunately, I cut out a lot of hip hop music (laughs) because of that, because some of it's pretty angry. And so now I'm like listening to very, you know, sweet, beautiful music that I like. So those are the things. Just, just be careful of what you're you're ingesting. Mm-hmm. That 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 is all. I mean, that's good advice for anybody at any time. Really, all of those things. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, and I, I I love how the you know the metaphor of your chemo really goes with life. Yeah. You know, I mean, you probably felt good on Monday and then you got another dose on Thursday and you felt like crap again. Right. So exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what life is. Right. It's just and and that's the thing is not not to deny it. Right. Mm -hmm. Not to fight it. And then that's for what I'm learning now is what's really interesting about this journey for me is that, you know, I I before cancer, I was a very controlling person. I wanted to control my day. You know, every evening I had my planner out. I planned the next day, every weekend, weekend, I planned the whole week ahead. I had everything planned out. I had goal setting and not to say that those aren't important, but then I was diagnosed with cancer and it was like, well, that's all gone basically. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe not gone, but you know, may, there's no planning there. You can't predict what's going to happen. And that has been honestly pretty freeing. Because you're just like, it's not in my hands. I, you know, it's not up to me. It's just my body's making its choice and I'm just going to be here for the ride. So that's kind of how I am. But, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I noticed that you have done some traveling. Yes. And that, you know, that's something that obviously, it, from what we see from the pictures that you share, that brings you a lot of joy. And I yes. know you went, but you went over to England to my yes. home country. So yes. I was just wondering, <laughs> here's a, here's a, just a fun question. What was the favorite thing that you ate in England? Oh, well, I mean, we had a lot of fish and chips. I did find it fascinating that, that English people eat baked beans for breakfast. And, but we, we we stayed at a really nice hotel. You know the St. Pancras Hotel? Yeah. In London? Yeah. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, we we went, we had we had the concierge lounge that we ate at. And they every morning they had smoked salmon and fresh bread. And and for some reason I would put mayonnaise on that, which was delicious. But they had baked beans. And so yeah, that was probably baked beans for breakfast. Is the the, the favorite thing I guess from England. I loved it over there. But I will tell you my favorite experience while I was there though was I went to we went to Bath which if nobody's ever been to England Bath is just gorgeous. And we went to a castle in the middle of nowhere and we took an Uber from Bath to this castle which was like a 20 minute Uber ride. But we didn't think of how we were going to get back from that castle back to Bath because we didn't think Uber might not pick us up. <laughs> and so they didn't. And so while we were at the castle, they said, well, you can walk two and a half miles to this train station and and go back to Bath. And we were like, and it was a beautiful day. And we're like, okay, 
<laughs> and so we're walking through the English countryside to this train station. And that was my favorite part of the whole trip was just walking on this little trail past sheep meadows and cobblestone houses. And it was beautiful. So I can't wait I to love go back. It. I just love it how unforeseen circumstances lead to the best memories or the best like you know if you go somewhere and you have to buy something in an emergency it often ends up being a really good purchase so it's so nice to hear that you had that experience and another weird thing well that Americans were using the word, word weird a lot today but another thing that Americans think is odd about baked beans is that one of the most traditional maybe sort of suppers or school lunches that children have is is baked potato with beans and cheese and that's baked beans on a baked potato and that is the one thing that if you have you're inviting friends children over or your or your your children have got others children over to play you can guarantee that they're going to eat a good dinner if you make baked, uh, baked potatoes beans and cheese just that's not a lunchable that's for sure that's no, not a lunchable not. It's not wonderful. It's it's really good. So I would urge anybody try baked Sounds beans good. and grated cheese. So shredded cheese on top of the baked beans mm. on the baked potato. Potato is good for me. So. All right. Yeah, try. I'm getting hungry now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. You know, I I think it's interesting too how you were saying that you were you know before all of this you had a lot of control. And then now, you know, you look at this again, and when you were there and had you controlled that and gotten an Uber for the way back, you would have missed that whole walk. Exactly. Exactly. You just have to just lean into the unexpected, the inconvenience. And I think that I think a lot of people are impatient or, you know, today. And I think a lot of people just don't take the time to think about the good that could come out of maybe something that's inconvenient and not, you know, so mm. it was a beautiful walk. Oh. This has been such a, a fun conversation. And I just wanted to share with everybody a resource that we were discussing before Sarah. And this is the MetaViva website, which is their website is www.metaviva.org. And MetaViva, really, they're dedicated to specifically to people who are living with stage four metastatic breast cancer. So if anybody is listening to this, is it, you know, it's touching them in some way, the story or for themselves or for someone else or just for information, then this is a great website to go to and a very, very worthy cause if anybody wants to donate money towards MetaViva too. Yes, I, I I didn't mention that, but the, it turns out I was a few weeks ago, they found the, the cancer cells in my bone marrow and, and I was staged up to a stage four, which is the, the best, the, the highest you can go. I don't, I don't want to say it's the best, but it's the highest you can go. It's the, and so yeah, the metastatic breast cancer is the least funded and obviously has the, the, the worst results. So, so that's really important for for everybody. Mm-hmm. So a good organization to, to donate to or support or a resource for anybody that needs it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you alluded to a little bit that you journal and you write. And before we started recording, you were, were sharing that there may be a book in the future. <laughs> what, what other creative things are happening can you share that with us? Do you have some trips planned? You know, what's what's on the horizon for Sarah? 
Yeah, I yes, I have some trips planned. I'm my next overseas is going to hopefully be Greece. I'm really really shooting for Greece next year. Um, that is on my bucket list. Um, it's at the top. I've always wanted to go. That is my next big travel. But yeah, I, I I want as one does when they get the mortality question comes into play and you start thinking about the legacy you want to leave and the stories you have that you don't get to take with you. I've really, really, I'm starting to work on a book about my life because as some of you who know me know that I've had some interesting stories throughout my life that I I, I think would be really interesting to share and maybe a funny play would be made out of it. I don't know, <laughs> but that is what is on my horizon. So hopefully I have no date for when that's going to happen, but, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be working on this year. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's really, I think with the fact that you've been creative your whole life to, to put your, your life into creativity is, is a wonderful thing to do. And okay. And since we were talking food and your love of food, let's, let's wrap this with a little bow and talk about holiday food that you're excited about making or enjoying. So, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. I do. I used to, as Laura knows, I used to be vegan. I'm not vegan anymore, but I am not a meat eater. So I don't eat any meat. I just eat some fish and, and eggs, but I have started to eat cheese again, which I'm, I'm to Laura, I'm ashamed. I feel like I want to do this, but (laughs) I'm, I I can't get enough cheese right now. So so right now, anything with cheese on it. Awesome. It goes back to the whole, uh, we were talking about it before is that, that I, I want to eat for pleasure and, you know, and, and meat is not going to be on the menu ever again, but, but some things I just, I just love the taste of. So yeah. Mm-hmm. You never have to worry about saying anything in front of me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, That's awesome. Well, I'd just like to thank you for spending some time with us and sharing your story, sharing your wisdom and thought process around the challenges we we all face in life. It was beautiful. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on today before before we wrap up? Um, no, not I don't think so. I mean, I think I I think that another um piece of advice I want to give though is so if you are struggling to get help and ask for help um that's a big part of of it um and and you know and getting the help from the right people is also very important um you know um that was what my brother did he was he pretty much checked all the boxes he was supposed to but um turn I, I don't know if it was the right uh, people he was talking to or the right resource he had so um but it's really important to ask for help if you need help um and don't be ashamed of it because we all go through it so yeah none of us get through this alone right no not at all yeah so awesome all right well thanks again and um for our listeners i hope you found some encouragement today from sarah and uh, we'll have the uh, link to the website for the, um, the uh, I, I can't remember the name of it. Metaviber. Thank you. <laughs> In our show notes. And uh, know that we adore you, our listeners. We adore you, Sarah. So thanks for spending oh, some time with us. Thank All you right. so much. You bet. All right. 
Take care, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of the Mentor Podcast. Will do. Bye. Bye.